0: Paranorm Podcast contains content that might not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. This is Paranorm Podcast hello everybody welcome back to paranorm the podcast where we chat all things true crime and paranormal i'm emily oh, i'm sierra and this week we are talking some true crime and i spelt some uh, s-u-m uh because mm. yeah i write okay so like have i said this i write down everything pretty much everything i'm gonna say unless i like think of a joke in my head mm. um but apparently one either i was Thinking about math, which is never the case. <laughs> um, two, the computer autocorrected it, or three, I'm just losing my fucking mind. Um, but like on that note, how are we? I'm tired,
1: but like an okay tired. Like, yeah. Are you gonna be nodding off during my case? I mean, <laughs> so that's a yes. That would be par for the course. <laughs> but I don't know. You don't. You don't know. <laughs> we don't know. Of course we don't. <laughs> oh, man. We
0: had a pretty fun day. We mm-hmm. went kayaking. Sierra is now off on Fridays uh, for the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm pretty fucking pumped about it because <laughs> I am home alone. Yeah. <laughs> every day, um, Monday through Friday. And uh, to not be home alone. Oh, if you guys heard that really ferocious sigh, that was Maggie getting comfortable because we have Maggie May this weekend. Yay. Um, but we went kayaking and we took her best friend Piper mm-hmm. and my mother. And that was the most funny. Like I like honestly, it was hilarious. Um, <laughs> Piper, my mother's dog. Uh, she <laughs> she she is one of the chillest dogs mm-hmm. I have ever ever met. Like, it is actually scary how chill she is, except yeah. apparently today when I was trying to give her a bath, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is a whole she different story. She doesn't like baths, though, She really, all. really hates baths. Um, so, anyway, she is, like, one of the chillest dogs I've ever met, so we are like, it's either going to go one of two ways. Again, she doesn't like baths, so... Um, she's either going to hate it or she's going to love it. Mm-hmm. And turns out she did not give a fuck. Mm, no, she was <laughs> so, having a great time. Yeah. She just kind of like sat on the kayak. Um, her and Maggie ganged up against me. It was really cute. Um, they would both lean to the same side <laughs> and, <laughs> and try to tip us over. Um, cause I had both of them in my kayak and then my mom was in, uh, Sierra's. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was really fun. Um, Piper did. Did not have her sea legs and we. <laughs> oh man, that was so We were like, um, docking? Would that be what? Sure. Yeah. On some random coast shoreline, whatever the fuck it is, mm-hmm. and this on this lake. And, um, Piper hopped <laughs> god i don't even know if i can tell this viper hopped off and <laughs> she like started wobbling and she has a big black dog she weighs about 60 pounds almost she's mm-hmm. a little like two pounds short shy of 60 pounds yeah um and she's almost all black so mm-hmm. i'm like oh my god she's having heat stroke like freaking out in my head <laughs> and i look at my mom and she's like she doesn't have her sea legs yet and <laughs> Piper face plants into the ground, <laughs> butt up in the air, and just kind of stays there for a minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was so funny. Oh my God, I was losing it. I look at it, my mother's losing it. And then Sierra's like, what's happening? And I'm like, look at the dog. <laughs> she just
1: looked, like when I saw her, she just looked like she found something like to sniff in the ground. Like, <laughs> like she was playing it off. Yeah. It was so funny. Oh my mm. Lord, it was so funny.
0: Um, and then Nags is a great kayaker. She just kind of does her own thing and, Mm -hmm. um, wants to cry the entire time we're on the kayak for some reason. Um, but she'll like hop right up there. So it was a really fun day. We've had a good week. Um,
1: we've had a good week, right? You've been a little busy. Yeah. It was pretty productive, I think, on my part. Yeah. Um, there are some things I wanted to do that I didn't get done, but I feel like that's always, so. Yeah. not, Not too worried about it. So. Yeah. Um.
0: You're you're officially in summer mode for mm-hmm. your work, so yep. that's something.
1: Ten hour days are no joke, though. Um, yeah, it's kind of. I don't know. I like having Fridays off, but like it just it makes the day so long. It's mm-hmm. just two more hours, but like it's two more hours. You have to get there at seven, and you have to leave at five, and like at five it's five o'clock traffic. I'm just like, why do we have to do this? But then if I don't get there. If I get there earlier than seven, which I'm not really supposed to get there earlier than seven, like that's really early.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and man. So it's just. And it's like, um, I'm trying to still get adjusted to it because I, I know I've asked you like three times this week, what time are you getting home? Mm-hmm. And you're like, um, five. I'm like okay, well, um, this is normally the time I would already be like, like preparing dinner. Right. so... <laughs> yeah. So. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very strange. Um, I had a CT scan, mm-hmm. um, today before we went kayaking, um, that was ordered five months ago and workers comp was just like, Oh, we'll do that now. Um, super fun. If anybody's had to experience workers comp, bless your fucking heart because I feel your pain. Um, and if you haven't, <laughs> I would not wish this on like anybody. It is, it is honestly the worst thing I've ever had to deal with.
1: Yeah. Like, because it? There's just so much, like, you have no control whatsoever. None, and I am a control freak, motherfuckers. Like, I
0: need to be in control, which is why I feel like our friendship works so well, because I am (laughs) such a type A personality, like, such a control freak, and you're just like,
1: okay, (laughs) that's fine. (laughs) You can't even, like, make one decision. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, before we were... (laughs) <laughs> Before
0: we were um, like recording, my microphone all of the sudden, or it wasn't even my microphone. All of the sudden, I stopped hearing like anything. Period mm-hmm. in my headphones. And I was like, Sierra, I'm telling you, I'm not hearing anything. It's just, like, my regular voice inside my head. Yeah. And I was like, whisper a color into the microphone and don't let it be purple because purple is Sierra's color, her favorite color. And I'm, obviously, I'm going to know that. Mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> she, like, panicked and and um, whispered after the fact I found out my favorite color. And I was like,
1: <laughs> girl. <laughs> um, but, like... It doesn't even matter. Yeah, and she couldn't get through it. Like, she was, like, laughing. I was like, just pick a color. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> what colors are there. <laughs> green, Emily's. <laughs> and I didn't even think of it. Like, I just, like, said green. I didn't even think, oh, that's Emily's favorite color. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, God, what the- <laughs> and I was like Violet. uh oh, crap, that's their
0: fault. <laughs> <laughs> oh my yeah.
1: god. Um yeah,
0: so it's just it's been a really, really fun time over here
1: <laughs> this yeah.
0: week. Um yeah, so okay. On to this this week's case. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um this case that made <laughs> me angry. You know. Oh, here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Yes. So
0: as I literally was just saying, I have now been stuck at home injured for going. Today is the five month anniversary of uh, this or- ordeal.
1: Yeah,
0: we're gonna say that. That's okay.
1: definitely it.
0: Yes. Um. So now, as you know, I have been lo- watching like a lot of Hulu, of everything, of like every subscription service that we have is like maxed out. Maxed out. They like we're getting our fucking money's worth. (laughs) So I have been watching a lot of unsolved mysteries, which I don't know why I do this to myself because like, I mean, they irritate me. Yeah. Because I don't like unsolved things. Yeah. Because again, the control freak finish everything. I need to know what's going on. Um, and I watch them when you're not here because I, I like some at some point I do want to talk about them. Mm-hmm. I just have to like mentally prepare myself. <laughs> um, so this week's case is one of the ones that caught my attention. And it's the story of Cindy Anderson, also known as Cynthia Jane Anderson. OK. Um, she we're going to we're going to just like jump right into this. OK. All right. All right. So. Anderson was in a hurry to get to work on the morning of August fourth, nineteen eighty one. The twenty-year-old skipped breakfast, told her parents she would see them later, and rushed out the door of their Lambertville, Michigan home about eight thirty. Cindy was employed as a secretary in a law office in Toledo, Ohio. I don't know how long of a commute that is, Michigan to Ohio. Uh,
1: I guess depending on where she lives in Mich- like where uh, in Michigan that is, but mm-hmm. it could be pretty close. Okay.
0: All right. It must be
1: close to the border. Yeah. Um,
0: Oh, it says, um, if I write a little bit more. (laughs) About 20
1: minutes. (laughs) Oh, man. Can you tell I did these notes yesterday? (laughs) (laughs) You forgot what you wrote down.
0: (laughs) I don't remember what I had for breakfast this morning. French fries. Oh, for Bojangles. That's right. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, I love these some Bojangles. They're delicious. Okay, anyway. So, it took about 20 minutes. That's how long it took this morning. Cindy pulled into the shopping center where Neller and Rabbit Legal Center was located at about 850 and parked her Chevy Citation close to the front door. Also, I kept reading Chevy Citation earlier is like the Chevy got a citation <laughs> and then once it finally clicked I was really mad at myself so okay so she unlocked the door and then let herself inside making sure to lock the door behind her uh, the lawyers who worked in the office were all at court that morning so Cindy had the office to herself it was extremely hot and humid and Cindy had turned on the air conditioner um, so the night the office would be like cool by the mm-hmm. time that the lawyers came in um, she turned the radio on low and then settled in at her desk. So, um, there's like a large plate glass window. Mm-hmm. Cindy had a view of the parking lot and the door to the office. Okay. Um, but she didn't expect to see any clients because
1: obviously none of the people were in. None so. of the people
0: were right there. So mornings were usually relatively calm time for Cindy and in between answering phone calls, she occupied herself by reading a paperback romance novel, which is honestly precious. Um, It was like a routine that she had grown used to, but one which, as we know. It's going to get really interrupted. Uh Uh-huh. Sure is. So, Cindy had recently let her boss know that she was leaving secretarial work in order to start attending classes at the William Tyndale Tyndale? Tyndale. Bible College in Detroit. Uh, Cindy was excited about starting classes, especially since she was going to be attending college with her boyfriend, Jeff Lamecki. Um, Cindy had been raised as a devout Christian fundamentalist. And though she hadn't dated a lot, she was certain that Jeff was like the man she was going to marry. Okay. Um, Cindy's mother tried to call her at the office somewhere around 10 a.m., but wasn't able to get her on the phone. She wasn't like obviously like overly concerned mm-hmm. because a homegirl is at work. Right. Um, And she assumed that Cindy was on the other line with a client and would call her later. Now, around noon, the two law partners, or Mm -hmm. no. Now, around noon, two of the law partners returned to the office following the court session. Mm -hmm. Um, James Rabbit and Jay Fieldstein were happy to see that the air conditioning was on, which, like, bitch same today (laughs) after this fucking um, kayaking. Literally, the person that invented, like, air conditioning just like your personal hero. My personal hero right now. <laughs> you know, and watching them be like an extreme racist. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> or like homophobic or like just like an all around terrible person. It happens. It does. Like the people that the what's his name, Kathy that runs Chick-fil-A, a terrible person. Okay. Like the charities that he, charities Mm -hmm. that he donates to, just not a terrific person. Okay. Anyway, back to this. Enough about Chick-fil-A and it's, 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 um, contradictions. Um, so there were phone messages on their desk and, uh, everything in the reception area was like in order Mm -hmm. as usual. Cindy was on top of her fucking game. Um, but there was no sign of Cindy. Now, although it was unlike her to leave the office without putting a note on the door, like letting clients know that she would be back, they assumed that she might have been in a hurry to get lunch and had simply forgotten. Um, when the two men discovered that Cindy's car was still in the parking lot, they grew concerned. she had gone out for like lunch anywhere, she would have obviously taken her fucking car. Mm-hmm. And when they noticed that she hadn't placed the phones on hold like she usually would whenever she did step out. They began to worry that something might have happened to her. James reached down and picked up her romance novel that Cindy had left open on her desk and glanced like at the pages. Then felt a chill when he realized what he was looking at. The book was left open at the only violent passage it contained where the lead character was abducted by knife point and feared she was about to die. Oh my goodness. Uh-huh. Wow. Uh-huh. What? <clears throat> mm-hmm. So, while the discovery of the violent passage in a romance novel wouldn't have meant much to most people, everyone in the office was aware of this one fact. Are you prepared? No. But... Okay. That Cindy had spent the last year living in fear that someone was out to get her. Mm. It had started with a series of violent dreams, and most Cindy would open her front door to a man that she knew and only to have him force her way into her home and then murder her. Uh, The dreams had terrified Cindy, but her mother had tried to assure her that they were only dreams and they didn't mean anything. Which, bitch, how many times do I tell you I need to figure out what my dreams mean? (laughs) (sighs) It's like like a a weekly occurrence. Is it not?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Okay.
0: Sierra had goats in her dreams this morning, last night, this morning, whatever the fuck it was. You told me about it this morning. Yeah, I did. So, I don't know. I'm a big believer in dreams that have meaning, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't know what the fuck goats mean. We'll figure it out. Maybe we need a goat. (laughs) I'd be down for that. Mm. Um, (laughs) But, yeah. Okay, so, anyway. They seemed to worsen over time, and it got so fucking bad that Cindy was afraid to sleep. Which... Bless her little heart. Um, Cindy's fears of a stalker had kicked into high gear when someone spray painted, I love you, Cindy, on a cement wall that was visible from the window where Sydney's not Sydney, Sid- Cindy, Cindy, where Cindy sat at work, um, which, yeah, that's super creepy. Yeah, man. Um, okay. Oh, okay. Hold on, because I need to talk about super creepy. And I'm going to need you guys to whatever, whatever you guys did. Okay. Because I know one of you guys did something. I know you guys put some sort of vibes out into the universe. So last week was our Black Eyed Children episode. And I told you guys about how freaked out I am when people knock on my goddamn door. Okay. In the past five days, we have had at least five people knock on our door. And y'all, my heart can't take it. Yeah.
1: Okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay, it <laughs> has seriously been bizarre. Like, <laughs> it's so weird. Like, nobody, and then we do that one episode, and now everybody is knocking on, the- first,
0: we have, oh, okay, okay, small tangent, are we ready, are we ready for my mind? Yeah, and go for it's it. It's tangent, okay, so we have, in our neighborhood, we have a new neighbor. Mm -hmm. And he fits into our very weird dynamic that we have (laughs) in our neighborhood. On one side of us, we have a um, woman who is uh, like a tarot reader Mm -hmm. and uh, who we call the crazy lady. Now, it's not because she does tarot. No, 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 no. Because I love that. It is because she goes out at all hours of the night, one, drunk to picking up grass and throwing them into the people that are beside her, which are the preacher and his wife. And their baby. Child. <laughs> and their baby throwing <laughs> clumps of grass and dirt into their yard, yelling obscenities um, at all hours. We haven't seen her in a couple months, though, which is kind of concerning. Um, that's something else. And then across from Crazy Lady, we have the people in the yellow house who are 110% drug dealers. Um, and then across from them slash is
1: consumers.
0: Yes. Um, cause they have some wild nights, man.
1: Like why, why y'all?
0: So back across the street is us. Um, we're beside the crazy lady. Um, and then to our left. Sure. Sure. We'll say left. Uh, we have the QAnon supporters. Mm-hmm. <sighs> y'all. <laughs> y'all. They're QAnon supporters. They have a, Q on their Honda Pilot. And they have an upside-down American flag on their flagpole. And I was like, oh, their house is so cute. I love their house. Mm-hmm. They don't deserve their cute house. <laughs> okay? And now to the right of them, we have our new neighbor. And I was I was kind of pumped about getting a new neighbor. Let's, let's throw some other kind of nicety into this. Mm-hmm. Um, however... He's a very, very, very loud man. <laughs> um, with a very strong accent that is very loud. Um, and uh, I mean, you're loud. I am loud, but I am not loud. Like that's a different level of loud. I think it's just because I can't stand his voice.
1: Mm.
0: You know, um, I'm not going to say worthy the accent is, but I'm just going to say it's annoying. Um, But anyway, so he has a uh, white pickup truck with a Trump flag and a fuck Biden flag and then he has like four other flags that are on rotation on this man's front porch.
1: He is serious about the flags. He is very serious.
0: So there's the two American flags, then there's the Police Lives Matter flags, which you guys all know my feelings on that. Um, And then there's the Don't Tread on Me flags. So I was like, oh God, we're not, we're not going to, I'm not going to know what, like, what are we getting with this neighbor?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: One night, it was like seven thirty eight PM. I'm cooking dinner, talking in the kitchen to Sierra, And we hear a very loud knock on our door, on our back door mm-hmm. of all things. And is <laughs> sitting like right by the door. <laughs> I just, Like jump up looking
1: like who is that?
0: Yeah. Like I'm like, what, what? who is there? And um and Sierra's so like, I don't know. I was like, go grab Shirley. As you guys know, that is the name of my wonderful shotgun, Squirrely Shirley. Um, so yeah, so <laughs> I answered it. He goes, hey, I'm your neighbor. I brought you some food. <laughs> what? what <laughs> it was very good the barbecue was delicious it was good. but um it was just so strange it was literally right after we had recorded this episode mm-hmm. and then um the next person we had who was the next person we had we had somebody else um uh there were two people in one day there were two people in one day um one was our neighbor, our QN on supporting neighbor telling us that their tree cutting people uh dropped a branch on their power line and we weren't going to have power for a couple hours, which was <laughs> what? Okay. Again, I'm home all day.
1: Right. And I can't
0: drive. Um And so... what do you expect me to do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um and then uh the second person I didn't answer. Mm-hmm. And then yesterday <laughs> We had this pest control person mm-hmm. come and knock on our door and ask if my parents were home. So, yeah. They weren't, by the way. They they were not. I don't live with my parents. <laughs> that was today at the doctor's office. Mm-hmm. The lady was like, is that your mom? I was like, "I'm talking about Sierra. And I'm like, no. Oh,
1: my goodness, people. <laughs> How young
0: do I look? How old do I look? Yeah, man. Like, and you, do, I don't think you look 30, like 30, almost 31. We're like I, it's just not
1: like not even old. Like there's not enough years of separation for us to even be in that situation. No. Like <laughs> what? what?
0: Oh man. Okay. So anyway, where, where were we? Our weird neighbors knocking on our doors. I'm going to need you guys to not put any more vibes out there for people to knock on my doors. Sending me mail. Sure. 110% support those vibes. Knocking on my door <laughs> and my home. <laughs> I can't, I can't deal Knock with it. Knock it off. Oh, really though, literally freaks me out so bad. I don't understand why, but it really does. It freaks me out. So um, Cindy was freaked out mm-hmm. enough not to sleep. And uh, now she can't even look at her own goddamn window. So it had been painted over. Mm-hmm. And at one like at one point it had been painted over, but it appeared again within a week. They're like, uh-uh. Yeah, yeah. Now the initials C J plus GW had also been painted in several different spots. Um Cindy, whose middle name was Jane, had no idea who GW was, but feared that he might be stalking her. Um, Her fear had intensified when she started getting phone calls at work, which, bitch, same. My fears would have intensified, too. Mm -hmm. Um, That seemed to terrify her even more, though she didn't tell anyone what the person on the other end of the line would say. Now, the day before she vanished, a client of the law firm had witnessed this fear. Larry Mullins had come in to pay his legal bill and had been chatting with Cindy while he wrote out a check. The phone rang and Cindy answered it in her normal, like, cheerful voice, like mm-hmm. you know, the secretary voice. Then quickly slammed the phone down. A few seconds later, it rang again and Cindy sounded more like tentative when she answered and again slammed the receiver down. Um, noting that she appeared to be completely petrified, Larry asked Cindy if there was like if everything was okay. And she forced herself to smile and told him that everything was fine. Um, It was not fine. No, it's not. It's fine. Um, When he tried to press her for more information, she admitted that the calls had been happening a lot recently, but refused to say anything else. Um, Larry paid his bill and drove home, but was so concerned by how terrified she had been Mm -hmm. that um, he called the police from his house. No. Yeah. So like you know she must have been fucking terrified. Yeah. Um he told them that something had scared the hell out of Cindy and asked if they could have a patrol car drive through at the shopping center to make sure she was okay. Um even years later, Larry told reporters that he could still remember the look of fear on Cindy's face and noted it that and noted that it gave him chills just to think about, which is man. Yeah. Um It's unclear if police were dispatched to the shopping center that day. They don't have records of that kind of stuff? Of something them not doing? Yeah, no, I don't (laughs) think they would keep a record of that. Um, Cindy had been so fearful of being the only person in the office that her boss had installed a special buzzer at her desk. If she got into any kind of trouble, she could use the buzzer to quickly alert employees who worked in the business next to the law firm. Which you must be like fucking terrified yeah if if your bosses are installing
1: that kind of thing like yeah and like it shows how much like they believe her and like, yeah respect like her. Her. exactly like if your fear is
0: coming through that much mm-hmm. um anyway so the business next to them would like immediately respond um having the buzzer seemed to give cindy some sort of peace of mind uh she was always really careful to make sure that she kept the door to the office locked so no one would be able to enter unseen Mm -hmm. um aware of the fear cindy had been living in james rabbit called her home to see if any of them had heard from cindy that day once he confirmed that no one knew where the secretary was he called the police and reported her missing um, to their credit, the Toledo Police Department treated the case seriously from the very beginning, which, Good. very, very rare. Um, although Cindy was an adult and free to come and go as she pleased, there was nothing in her background that suggested that she was the kind of person who would voluntarily run away. Now, there is no fucking 24-hour rule. I want to make this so fucking clear. There is no... 24-hour rule. There is no 48-hour rule. There is no 72-hour rule. If you believe that someone is in danger and that they are no longer, like, in your... Like, they are not there. They're not where they're supposed to be? Yes. Then you have every fucking right to file a missing persons report. Plain and simple. Okay. Okay. It irritates me to no end because, like, half of the unsolved cases on here are, like... The police said we only had, we had to wait 24 hours Mm -hmm. and I'm just like, I would be up their ass so quick with the lawsuit. Oh, it pisses me off so bad because like how much evidence goes unchecked in those hours that you're waiting.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Anyway,
1: today is full
0: of tangents. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) So, they searched through the law offices but found nothing to indicate that there had been any kind of a struggle. They didn't find Cindy's purse or her keys, but they were the only items that appeared to be missing. Although Cindy had been alone in the office that morning, detectives were able to find two people who saw her. A maintenance man for the shopping center recalled seeing her enter the building about 850 fifty. And a woman who had walked past the law office about 9.45 and had glanced to check the time on the clock in the law office and saw Cindy sitting at her desk. Um, By 10 a.m., clients reported that no one had been answering the phone in the office. So whatever happened to Cindy happened around, like, between 9.45 and 10 a.m. Right. So 15 minutes.
1: It's not a very big window. It is
0: not a very big window. Um, detectives interviewed all the people who worked at the law office, while most of them were able to confirm the fact that Cindy had been growing, like, increasingly fearful over the past several months. Um, none of them were able to offer any insight on what might have happened to her. Now, Cindy's family, her boyfriend, and her friends were all questions and all reiterated the same thing. Despite her fears that someone was stalking her, Cindy had appeared to be looking forward to the future and was excited about starting Bible college. She was close with her family and had a large network of friends and none of them believe that she would have voluntarily run away and started life somewhere. Now we all know the rule. If I disappear yeah. and Maggie is not with me, something's wrong. Mm-hmm. If I just disappear and Mags is nowhere to be found, all's kosher. <laughs> Don't look for me. My phone is somewhere on the side of the road. <laughs> Leave me alone. Um so that's just that's just it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, so, dec- detectives were inclined to agree at this point. Um, the only thing that Cindy had taken with her was her purse. She left behind her brand new car, all of her clothing and her makeup, and all of her other personal belongings were left behind. She had taken $5 out of her bank account earlier that week, but it had been untouched since then, which, like, what, even if it is the 80s, what is $5 going to get you? $5
1: worth of gas?
0: Five dollars worth of gas. I don't know how much that would be. Like how many gallons that would be.
1: Uh,
0: probably quite a few. I don't know. We're not. We're not going to guess to me. Um. So they searched through the family's Lambertville home, but found nothing to indicate Cindy had been planning to s- disappear either. So Cindy was known for being extremely straight-laced. She would call her parents if they like if she was going to be like even like two minutes late. Um, Mm -hmm. coming home, and investigators believed that she had run into foul play, um, but they had no idea who might want to hurt her. So investigators looked into the graffiti that kept appearing near Cindy's office. They were extremely interested in learning who GW was and if he had anything to do with Cindy's disappearance. Eventually, they were able to locate a man who admitted that he was the person who kept confessing his love for Cindy in spray paint, but he had never heard of Cindy Anderson his girlfriend was named Cindy and the messages were for her it was just a coincidence that Cindy Anderson worked nearby and she had been fearful of the messages for no reason at all oh yeah wow yeah Detectives were made aware of the frightening phone calls that Cindy had apparently been getting at work, but they were unable to develop any solid leaves on where they were coming from. No one else in the office reported any calls after Cindy disappeared, and they were unable to trace the ones that had been made before she went missing. A large-scale search was conducted of the area surrounding the shopping center where Cindy Was last seen, but nothing was found. Toledo police then expanded the search to include in known dumping grounds throughout the city. Which is so fucking sad. There are known dumping grounds, Sierra.
1: Yeah, that shouldn't exist. Mm, No.
0: No, no, no. So... Cindy's boyfriend and many other friends assisted police as they combed through parts of the city where Cindy would never would have gone on her own. They were aware that if they found her in any of the areas that that she was looking, she was not going to be alive. Mm. Uh, The holiday season came and went, but there was little for the Anderson family to celebrate. Detectives admitted that they had exhausted all of their leads, but were no closer to finding Cindy than they had been on the day she vanished, which is... Oh fucking heartbreaking. Like yeah. Oh missing people really fuck with me, man. Because I, I know we talked about this before, just like mm-hmm. the sheer amount of missing indigenous women like is fucking insane. Um but like when anybody vanishes, it really just it's it's wild. Yeah. Because it had to go somewhere. Exactly. So, they continued to follow up on any tips that came in, but there were few and far between and never led to any, like, real developments. For years, there was no progress on the case. Even the prospect of a $10,000 reward failed to bring any leads. Detectives were certain that Cindy hadn't been met with foul play, but they were still, like, like, grasping at straws. They had no evidence to prove their theory, no suspects in her presumed murder, and, like... They had nothing. Yeah. They had speculation only. Yes. So, this changed in 1995 when investigators announced that they believed Cindy had been killed by Richard Neller, an attorney who had been one of her bosses at the time she went missing.
1: Okay, why?
0: Yeah. So, in June 1995, Richard was one of the nine people arrested in connection with a cocaine ring that police believed had been operating in Toledo area since 1978. Richard was close friends with the ringleader of the group, Jose Rodriguez, and acted as his advisor in connection with his drug business. Federal prosecutors theorized that Cindy had overheard a conversation between the two men regarding one of their drug deals and had been abducted and killed so that she wouldn't be able to tell anybody. The only problem was there was no physical evidence linking either of the two men to Cindy's disappearance and murder, and they both... Fucking denied it.
1: hmm
0: Obviously. Deny, deny, deny. So a federal drug task force spent three days searching the area around Perrysburg Pond looking for Cindy's body, but found nothing to indicate that she had ever been there. Their information, which had apparently come from a jail informant looking to reduce his sentence, appeared to be faulty, which, I mean, comes with the territory. So, although Richard Neller and Jose Rodriguez would remain, like, persons of interest, neither of them have ever been charged in connection with Cindy's disappearance. And uh, Cindy's disappearance remains unsolved. And there are several different theories that have been put forth to explain it. It's very possible that she was abducted and murdered by Richard Neller. Um, I thought you were going to say aliens for a second. (laughs) (laughs) It's always aliens. Always. Look at Mags. Mags just looked up. Mags agrees. It's, it's always Max aliens. Is an alien. Basically, yes. Um, one that's going to live forever, y'all. So it's shaky at best. The Richard Neller one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know? Yeah. The, now, the next one. The summer of 1981 was pre- particularly violent in Toledo. Um, and in the months before Cindy disappeared, three of four murders police were working on dealt with victims who worked in the same shopping center Cindy did. Wow. Yeah. And now, remember what I just fucking said? They searched known dumping grounds. So, like, Yeah. If you have known dumping grounds, I'm going to say it's a violent one. Like, what are you doing? Yeah.
1: Like, that's insane.
0: Yes. So, some believe Cindy may have witnessed a robbery or another crime from her desk because she could, like, see everything. Mm -hmm. Um, But people could see her as well. So, um, they think that she was killed because of it, but there is simply no evidence to prove or disprove, like, any of that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, there's a theory that she just, like, ran away,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which she was raised, in again, in, like, a strict fundamentalist household, and she, like, never seemed to, like, act out or rebel in any way. Her father noted that she had started skipping breakfast to spend more time on her makeup during the summer of 1981. Um, like, perhaps she would run off with her new boyfriend, but, like, her boyfriend stayed behind. Mm-hmm. So. Maybe
1: she had a different boyfriend.
0: Mmm, yeah. Um, now, police still believe that foul play was involved in Cindy's disappearance and that she was most likely killed shortly after she went missing. Now, her mother died of cancer in 1983 and then her father died in 2008. Cindy still has family and friends in the Toledo area who miss her and hope to one day learn what happened. Cynthia Jane Anderson was 20 years old when she went missing in 1981. She had brown eyes and brown hair at the time of her disappearance. She was five feet, four inches tall and weighed 115 pounds. It's a little thing. Mm -hmm. Um, She was last seen wearing a white dress with pink stripes, cinnamon brown legs, pantyhose, and a beige open-toed sandals. She has a chicken pox scar on her forehead and a fish hook shaped scar on the inside of her right knee. If you have any information about Cindy, please contact the Toledo Police Department at 419-245-3111. And that is the case of Cindy Anderson. Hmm. Just
1: really makes me sad. 20 years old. Yeah. And just poof. Yeah. How does somebody go poof? I don't know. That's fucking wild. Yeah. And like just nothing. Yeah. I wonder if she's out there. I don't know, man. It just
0: ugh, it messes with my head. This is why I don't do unsolved, guys. <laughs> they mess with my head. Yeah. Alright. Are you are you ready to plug all the things? Yeah.
1: I just wow we, <laughs> are you
0: signed because you have to talk or are you signed no. because of the case just okay like
1: because you got nothing you know yeah. like all the all that and, and, and nothing and nothing we anybody. yeah wow all right guys uh you can find us on facebook and instagram paranormal podcast visit our website where we have uh our blog information about the cases, the photos, personal resources, all yes. sorts of fun stuff. Little, little blurb about us and Mags. Yeah, she's, she's on pretty there damn too. cute, man. <laughs> Go find her um, at dot com. You can send us an email, podcast at gmail com. You can send us mail in the using you the, <laughs> using the, the mail. are we gonna get there using, using the mail using, using
0: the usps or the fedex or the ups or the what's the other one the land ship or whatever it is laser ship i don't even know yeah <laughs>
1: sure What's the one that Laser starts with the D- Sounds terrible.
0: It's the one that showed up to the house at
1: like midnight oh, and I God. pulled the gun on. I don't I don't request that one. <laughs> DHL. DHL, that one. <laughs> that wasn't the one that showed up at midnight. No, that one's fine. <laughs> um, anyways, you can send us mail by your method of your preferred method preferred of shipping. Method. There you go. Um <laughs> Paranoid Podcast uh, P.O. Box one four one six. Monroe, North Carolina, two eight one one one. That's three ones. three ones. Yeah. And
0: then you guys, you can become a patron um at patreon.com and you what you do is you go to patreon.com and you type in the little search bar Paranorm Podcast because mm-hmm. hey guys, it's us. What's up? Um and you get a whole bunch of goodies. You get um some exclusive content. You get some other really cool stuff that I don't think I should tell you. I think you guys should have to go find out. Um, but, yeah. We hope you guys have a great week. Go get it.
1: <laughs> I'm joking. <coughs> and we're out. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>